You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You are all under arrest for conspiring against the First Order. You can't threaten us with false charges. Prove it or get out. Resistance spies were reported in First Order territory. Have you ever been to Sector Epsilon 513? I've never even heard of it. We have visual confirmation it was this ship that intruded in our territory. That sector is off limits. Impound it! You can't impound the fireball! Tell them this is all a mistake! Kaz! Tam, it's... it's complicated. Take them into custody. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode, Descent. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. Yo, what's going on, Mike? Star Wars fans, good to be back. And hey, I gotta tell you, Mike, um, I am really, really dying to go to uh, Galaxy's Edge. Um <laughs> you just it's about the news, and I just talk, I just dawned on me just as you yeah. started in, I'm like, oh wait a minute, uh, oh yeah, all that stuff came out the day after we recorded, huge didn't it? News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's fantastic. I mean, it looks pretty pretty amazing. Um, can't yeah. wait to go to this thing. And and they showed some stuff. They showed the animatronic um, uh, Hondo, Hondo, and a few other things in the rides. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm totally, I'm totally jazzed. I can't wait to go check this thing out. This thing's going to be totally immersive, uh, crazy experience. So looking forward to that. That was what some of the news that came out was was mm-hmm. just showing what's going to happen with that. Um, but uh, we got some other big news too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's a couple of things. Uh, really quick, uh, Rebels remembered as of recording. It was yesterday. I uh, which was uh, Jonah Marie. I uh, kind of organized this hashtag. Uh, from uh, Jonah Marie from the Wookiee Gunner and uh, Geeky Bubble Podcast. She's been on our podcast several times now, um, uh, friend of the show. And uh, she organized this hashtag, Rebels Remembered, for the one-year anniversary of the series finale of Star Wars Rebels. And um, if you were on Twitter at all yesterday in the Star Wars community, you you have to have seen some of the stuff being shared. I mean, I shared quite a bit. I know Matt, you shared a couple of things as well. And, um, it was just kind of going back and forth and it actually prompted Dave Filoni to do a nice sketch of Ahsoka and Sabine on their quest to find Ezra. And, uh, I reminding us once again, that that story is not done and that, uh, we'll see those characters again at some point. But, um, yeah, I, it just, it was really fantastic to go back and, and remember just how fondly that show is is thought of um, a year after its end, especially in the midst of these last few episodes of season one of Star Wars Resistance, which had a rough start. I, I arguably was not that great for the first probably five or six, maybe even ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Um but has 
over the course of the last few weeks really turned the corner and turned into a proper Star Wars show, I think. Um, and, uh, and, and the direction that we're going, hopefully, hopefully we're getting there. Um, yeah. and it's, and sort of going back and, and, and seeing everybody's memories of rebels and what it was like in season one. And me, I sort of, I went through and I I did a, a thread about Kane and Jarrus and, um, sort of where okay. he started and introduction of that character and how I initially didn't want that character. And now he's one of my, like, he's in my top five star Wars characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, if, if, if there were a sideshow or gentle giant statue of Kanan to buy, I can't, I haven't been able to find one. Um, I would, I would get one. Uh, I, yeah. It, like he, he definitely sits up there with Han, Obi-Wan, Poe Dameron, Luke Skywalker. Like he's, he's up there. Um, he wasn't even one of my favorites. So he wasn't even one of the, uh, going into that show. I remember you talked, we talked about this on the mm-hmm. podcast. You weren't necessarily a huge fan of, of not of him, but you just had other characters that you thought, and then you kind of, it was like yeah, that, that thread you had you had put yesterday. It was that moment that he took out the two sides of the lightsaber and yeah. uh, clicked them together. It's like whoa, this is that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And I I did, I loved li- looking through all the threads yesterday. The rebels remembered. You see. Uh, People's favorite episodes and moments. Um, you saw artwork and stuff like that, and I shared a couple of things that I liked. Twilight of the Apprentice was probably a highlight for me, um, and then that photo that Dave Filoni did. So yeah, some great stuff out of out of uh, Rebels Remembered. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so that uh, was really fun uh, yesterday, and then um, today, actually, before recording uh, this afternoon, they announced. Um, that uh, there's actually going to be three separate Star Wars animation panels at yeah. Celebration Chicago on uh, April 13th. That's the Saturday. Uh, Dave Filoni, Vanessa Marshall, Tia Sirkar, and Taylor Gray are going to be doing a Star Wars Rebels Remembered panel, um, which is really exciting because hopefully we'll get some tidbits on on some uh, you know behind the scenes stuff and. If the Clone Wars panels of, of the past are any indication, we'll learn some stuff that we didn't actually know about Star Wars Rebels, and we might actually get a, a hint at the direction that it might be going and some uh, some some additional stories that might be told. Oh, so that's yeah. yeah, that's something to be to be excited about. Um, and then on April fourteenth. I another one uh, with Dave Filoni and a special guest. They just say right now um, uh, to celebrate the return of Star Wars: The Clone Wars and share an exclusive sneak peek at things to come. So um, no guests announced for that one, but I mean, let's let's be real. Yeah, Matt Lanter's going to be there. James Arnold Taylor is going to be there. I mean, like at Star Wars Celebration, we already know this, right? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that uh, that Cat Tabor will be there. I'm sure that Tom Kane will be there, right? Like that. These these are people who have been mainstays at Star Wars Celebration since the Clone Wars started, right. and uh, I, they love these characters. They're not going to miss a chance to get on stage and talk about Star Wars, and uh, you know Ashley Eckstein is going to be Uh-oh. front and center yeah. because <laughs> not even just because like, Oh, Ahsoka is such an important character to the clone wars, but because Dave Filoni just loves giving her a hard time on stage. Uh, <laughs> so I don't imagine that he's going to, he's going to want to do that without her. Um, so look forward to that. And then on Monday, April 15th, rounding it out, I our, our last of these three star Wars animation panels. Um, uh, join the resistance for a look back at the shocking season one finale and a preview of the second season of Star Wars Resistance with executive producers Justin Ridge, Athena Pertillo, uh, Brandon Auman, and members of the cast, including Christopher Sean, Susie McGrath, Scott Lawrence, Myrna Velasco, and Donald Faison. So, you know, like, I, if you're a Star Wars animation fan, the only thing missing from this announcement is anything to do with Lego Star Wars, which I, which is one of those things that like I don't know if they're going to be doing anything with Lego Star Wars at Celebration Chicago, um, but I, I mean like hopefully they do. I would love it if if there was a, a Lego Star Wars panel. Um, obviously, I don't think that Lego Star Wars would warrant the one of the big rooms, which these ones will be on. 
I'm sure that these ones will be on one of the big stages. Um, yeah. I don't know what the stage. I haven't really, I haven't really been keeping up with the sort of the finer details of of Celebration Chicago because we're not going. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, I'll, I'm gonna catch whatever I can on stream. I've booked those days off of work, by the way. So I uh, nice. stay tuned to social media channels as I stay home and watch the live streams and tweet and uh and maybe we'll do some podcasting as well in there but um yeah so uh, but i'm sure that these will be on one of the big stages um but lots and lots of animation content uh to come out Uh, of star wars celebration yeah that was big i i i was just a tad surprised that man each one of these shows Mm. is going to get a full on its own panel which is really actually actually really cool that they're going to do that especially like resistance now that that's kind of the mainstay right now for for the animation stuff and then clone wars are obviously coming back too but um to give them all it's its own like day and its own thing that's that's pretty cool to that they're that they're doing it. and as far as the um streaming i i haven't like i haven't obviously heard any concrete stuff that they're going to do it but i would I'm still like I got my fingers crossed like they're going to keep doing that. I mean, that's such a huge success for those of us who can't go. Uh, I just yeah, I hope I hope they plan on doing that again. Although I haven't seen anything like you. I haven't really been, you know, keeping up on what's going on celebration. If you're not going, you're just like, oh, as long as it's streaming, I don't care. Just that's what we got to have is a streaming thing so we can join in. But other yep. than that. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. It, thank. Thank goodness that Lucasfilm does include those of us who can't be there and understands, you know, that just because just because we can't financially do it or or we can't swing the time or whatever the 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 commitment is that we're not able to make, it's not for lack of wanting to and it's not for lack of 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 uh, uh love for Star Wars, right? Um right. so with that in mind, they they make sure that that everybody can be at star Wars celebration, whether you're there or not. And I, I just, I think that's, that's, there are a lot of things that Lucasfilm does. And this, uh, uh, arrow just was announced today that arrow is ending with season eight next uh, season, uh, with only 10 episodes. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm relieved to be finishing that show because the, the, there is no connection to, the creatives really there's a little bit on twitter but not really um mm-hmm. the actors are 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 pretty much behind a wall and not really that accessible whereas with star wars it's like you know i we we can email uh, uh lucasfilm pr and uh, and talk to them about stuff and and they're very open in that way as long as they're they're able to share information, they do. Um, I very rarely email because usually if I have a question, it's a question that everybody is asking or everybody wants to know. So I'll check Twitter and I'll see has anybody tweeted at Tracy? And uh, and most of the time, you know, somebody's already tweeted it and then she's already responded and we get an answer if there's an answer available. And uh, and if not, then then I'll tweet and uh, and more often than not, she answers. And, uh, and, and that's so great. And not just Tracy, but also, uh, Chris and, and others. Um, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you know, uh, Dave Filoni and, and all of the actors and everything, they're all so accessible and, and, um, and they want to be part of the conversation and they love, uh, when, when we generate conversation, um, the, like these are these people who are actually responsible for making star Wars, oftentimes like our tweets and stuff like that, but the rebel cells ones and my own personally. Um, and I'm followed by several people from the, and it's like, that's not the case with other things that I, that, that I podcast about or other fandoms that I, that I kind of cover or that I'm a sort of an enthusiast about. Right. But with star Wars, Lucasfilm gets it. They get that star Wars is not something that we love. Star Wars is a way of life. And uh, it's one of those things where, I mean, like for the last couple of months, we have been waking up every morning going, maybe today will be the day. (laughs) And I don't even need to tell anybody what I'm talking about. And everybody knows what that is because (laughs) we live that life. (laughs) You know what I mean? And Lucasfilm gets that because 
so do they. They are uh, so many of the people who work for Lucasfilm are fans first, and then they work at Lucasfilm out of a passion for what they do and a passion for Star Wars, a shared passion that that we all share. So, you know, I I the only other the only other con that does a similar job uh that, that i guess like in my sphere that that does a similar job of making sure that even if you can't be there that you're there is penny arcade expo packs okay. where they stream a lot of stuff from packs and and so you can you can see a lot of the panels you can you can take part in a lot of the the community stuff going on around that um and it's because they they too understand that it's not about with packs, it's not about video games. It's not about comics. It's not about board games. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about community, and Star mm-hmm. Wars Celebration is family. That's yeah. the that is the disappointing part. Yeah, am I bummed that we're not going to be able to be at these three panels? A little bit, but like I'm going to watch them online. I'm going to watch them as they're happening. Right? right, that's not a big deal. What I'm bummed about is that you know we're not going to get to see Carl, we're not going to get to see Jason yeah. or Kyle or Tim or you know I, I Cassie is going to be at Celebration Chicago. I'm pretty sure I, we talked about that a while ago, and and it sounded like she was going, and it would have been really cool to go to Celebration Chicago and meet Cassie, and because uh, she's podcasting with us, um, and but but you know I've only had a couple of conversations with her. She's kind of doing her thing. Um, which uh, she's doing a great job, by the way. FYI, sure. it, for those who have not been listening, um, she's doing an awesome job over there uh, with the Forces of Destiny reviews and going into season two of Star Wars Resistance. Um, uh, I might actually call on her to uh, to help out and fill in every once in a while because yep. uh, my fall is a little bit booked. It's a little it's a little bit busy, but. Yeah. Um, so depending on timing and how things are shaking up, might bring her in there. But, um, but all of that to say that they like celebration is, I mean, like like at the last one we saw the trailer for, or not the last one, but the one that we went to say in twenty fifteen. Huh? There's been yeah. one since then. Um, when we saw that trailer for uh, for the Force Awakens and Han says Chewie were home. I mean, like that. <laughs> there's no. There's no better Star Wars reference to yeah. illustrate what it's like to be at Star Wars Celebration, and it kills me that I haven't been in, uh, that I wasn't at the last one, and I'm not going to be at this one. Um, but I'll be at the next one. I'm going to make that promise right now. The next Star Wars Celebration, I'll be there. I I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be. It's probably going to be two years from now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I'll be there. I'll be there for sure because uh, it's been it'll have been too long since I've seen some of these people who uh, who like like I said like the family right. That's what Star Wars Celebration is about. And yeah. I I and Lucasfilm gets that. They get that to such a crazy mm-hmm. degree. Um, mm-hmm. that it's, if you only cover star Wars, I don't think that you would, you would be shocked to find out what it's like to cover other things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's probably some other fandoms that are similar. Like I'm, I'm sure that, that other things that Disney is in charge of probably do a similar job, like the MCU stuff and the, and, and Disney in general with D 23 and that, that sort of thing. But at the same time, I don't think they, I don't think that they're the same as the Star Wars community that Lucasfilm fosters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, you know, you talk about the missing the guys and all that, and that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Is like I listen to other Star Wars podcasts, and they're talking about, oh man, I can't wait to go. They're talking about making plans. Like, dang man, I wish I was going too. Because like yeah. you said, we've met new people since the last time we've been doing uh, since we were there to to see all the new people and our old friends. It's just one of those things that. Um, if you've gone to it, you know exactly what we're talking about. And yeah. and you're right. You know what you said? Lucasfilm gets it. And they really do because I, I, I myself do not know of any con or anything in this realm that live streams panels. So those of us who can't go, uh, that's just that's just something special right there. And and the thing is, it's not like they're uh, these panels are empty seats you know i mean celebration sells out for the most part yeah. every single day so it's not like they're hurting there and I'm, honestly i would pay to to get some of these panels i would pay a couple bucks to to live stream 
uh, some of these bigger panels. I would have oh, no yeah. problem. With that. But the fact that they do it for free, is just, you know, icing on the cake. So, uh, yeah, super jealous of those guys. But uh, I just can't wait because this is so much info. Hopefully it's going to be coming out of these, uh, out of this celebration that, uh, man, it's going to be, you know, trailers and uh, stuff from the TV series and Resistance and Clone Wars. Man, it's going to be crazy. Man. There's yeah. so there's so so much content and there's so much to be excited about, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'm gonna reiterate. I'm gonna go back to what I always say. My standby since like season three of Clone Wars. What am I the most excited about? The things I don't even know I'm excited about yet. The stuff <laughs> I don't even know is coming. Surprise me. Yeah. Surprise me. Right. So they're saying mm-hmm. right here in the description after the shocking season one finale of Star Wars Resistance. I mean like. I'm gonna. I'll jump ahead. We know that the next episode is going to feature Starkiller Base destroying the Hosnian Prime, the Hosnian system, right? Yep. We know that that's gonna happen. This episode, we got the tidbit, the reminder, essentially, because I think we kind of knew this, but maybe it wasn't necessarily stated. But Kaz is from Hosnian Prime. Yeah. His family is from Hosnian Prime. Yep. I. Uh, this is gonna hit him real hard. This is gonna be, I think, a real turning point for this character, and uh, and we're gonna get into something really cool in season two with Kaz and where that character is gonna go. I I have full faith that that's what's happening. They've kind of developed the show in one direction, and I think we're gonna take a hard right in yeah. going into season two, and it's gonna become something different. It's gonna be a linchpin episode, you know, type yeah. of thing. For- for Kaz, definitely. But shoot, let's, uh, since we are, we're getting ready to talk about it, you yeah. ready to get to it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Hand it over, Ewok. No. So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome. Now it's time for the Rebel Cells episode recap. All right, so here we go with Descent, directed by Bosco Ng and written by Paul Giacopo. I hope I said that right. Uh, here we go. Commander Pyre and his troops arrive at Yeager's garage looking to place Jarek and Kaz under arrest. As they know, the fireball intruded in First Order territory. Bucket provides a diversion just before suffering a deadly blaster shot plumbing into the waters below, and Yeager, Kaz, and Niku, and CB3 sneak away. Tam, however, opts not to run. So a lot of stuff going in this first <clears throat> paragraph, Mike. Obviously, we pick up right where we left off mm. last week. Kaz, Yeager, and Tam, and Nico under arrest. And uh, it's Pyre. He says, you know, conspiracy against the First Order. And uh, he talks about the fireball how it was reported off in an off-limits sector. And this is kind of a callback to the core problem where uh, escaping the Colossus Poe, he, he goes, hey, you know um, – Fireball, it's colorful paint job and all that is going to be easily spotted by these TIE fighters. And that, I guess, uh, distinctive appearance kind of came back to bite them because I obviously know that's that's the ship right there and, and this is who they're looking for. So uh, yeah. come in and arrest them all. Uh, they have this, um, I guess, uh, blaster fight. And you know this thing kind of steps up a little bit like – the, the stakes are high now for especially Yeager and Kaz because Kaz actually engages in uh, one of the stormtroopers, actually shoots him and kills him from what I can tell. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is this is their this is the turning point right here. You know, what I mean, like this is where they they're fugitives now. This, they're on the run. This is all coming to a head now. So, uh yeah, lot the stakes are high now. So, uh, any any thoughts on this beginning, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I I here's one of the biggest things about this uh, the, this sort of turning point in the series. Um, 
the last few episodes, this one, the last week, this week, and then the next two weeks, they are one story. This is like, this is a movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And this sort of continuity of like the episode ends, the episode picks up. We haven't seen this across four episodes since the Clone Wars. Yeah, I was going to say Clone Wars, yeah. Um, Yeah. And even more than Clone Wars, Clone Wars was so self-contained, right? Like, even when they would do a four-episode arc, each episode would be like this, okay, this one has this sort of thematic thing, and this one has this thematic thing. But Resistance is in a much more serialized place, where it's like, okay, we know we're following this story week to week, and and the beginning of the season was definitely a lot of like, oh, each episode was kind of its own thing with a two-parter in there somewhere. But now we're getting into the point where it's like, no, there is no break in between these episodes. It is like the story goes from one problem to the next problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so this episode, Descent, is just hiding from stormtroopers and figuring out how we're going to get this message sent to the Resistance Right. Um, essentially only to find out that the resistance isn't going to come save the day. And yeah. I, I, it's a bit of a heartbreaker on, on two fronts. Cause, cause Yeager gets captured and then, and then Leia tells them we're not coming to save you. And I think like, obviously we knew that that was essentially the situation because the, the resistance is spread thin as it is. And, and the far too few fighters and too many fights, um, but it's really putting us in a cool position for some good storytelling. Just because bad things are happening to our characters doesn't mean that it's bad, right? This is gonna force Kaz and uh, and and uh, Tora and and Yeager and Doza and the Aces and everybody to really take a look at what matters to them and what's important and, and if they're going to fight for their home and Tam is going to go a different way. And, mm-hmm. and agent Tierney comes in, in this episode, which I, I will talk about in a second, but I, wow, what a character I, I'm going to get into this uh, in her father's office. Tora begs captain Doza to do something to stop the first order. Doza says he's doing what he can, but they need to contact the new Republic. Pyre then enters, informing Doza that Yeager and his cohorts have been identified as spies, and Tam Rivora is in custody. Agent Tierney is on her way to interrogate the prisoner. So um, even Doza is now looking at this and going, "Like this is out of hand. This <laughs> is this has gone too far." Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and Tam too. Uh, she obviously gets captured in the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Um, and and almost kind of gives herself up. And, she and, surrenders. I won't. I don't feel like she was captured. I feel like that's right. that's unfair because right. because mm-hmm. she just kind of gives herself over to them. Um, right. Does she doesn't run? And no. which is exactly what we were talking about the last couple of weeks. This is this is sort of what I expected. Yeah. Well, and the thing too is like it's when they're leading her away. Uh, she kind of gets pushed around a little bit. She kind of turns her head. She looks over, and there's another stormtrooper. Uh, doing some type of like welding something. And it's giving the impression that she's starting to like go, maybe somewhat figure out that something's wrong here. Still doesn't quite get it yet, but definitely showing some signs of, man, this is what's going on. You know, why, why, why are you pushing me around and, and all this kind of thing. So uh, we'll see what happens with her towards the end of this episode and where she, where her, kind of loyalties lie here, but uh, I, I'll continue. While Kaz wants to rescue Tam, Yeager insists that they first get a message to the Resistance. They're soon cornered, however, and it seems as if all is lost. Suddenly, the floor beneath them inexplicably opens downward, and they fall down into the waiting arms of the mysterious shell folk of the engineering levels. Kel and Ilya, uh, Ila, excited to learn that Kaz is a Resistance spy, happily take their friends someplace to hide. So, the um, oh, what's the name of those? Uh, the uh, Chilliday, uh, yeah, up a hatch and drop down. Uh, Kaz wants to, and, and here's another thing about Kaz. You know, he he was trying to save Tam, um, but Yeager wants to get the message to the resistance. And this is just a little bit earlier, but 
Yeager's all about getting this message. He's like, okay, Tam is going to be fine, um, but but Kaz really wants to get here. But obviously, uh, Kaz is kind of like he's he's like yelling for it too, like oh no, you know, he's trying he's trying his best to to get her to come, but she just like you said, Mike, she kind of just gives herself up. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about more of that in here in a minute, but. Um, yeah, the Chile they come to the rescue here and, and along with the kids, Mike. Um, well, this is this, this is yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I no, I'm done. Go ahead. Done. Uh, this is where we see um, Kaz, his friendliness, his kindness, all of that stuff, sort of the, the goofiness and 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 all of that. It kind of actually pays off here where we see um, that that all of these other characters have actually put their faith in him um, and that they're willing to, to step out and go out on a limb to protect him because he's protected them in the past. Um, and that to me is, he's an unconventional hero in that sense. And I think that that's really cool. Um, he's not like other characters in star Wars that run around with blasters and lightsabers shooting mm-hmm. things and, saving the day he's a little bit more uh, uh he's it's a little bit more subversive a little bit more um interesting in the way that he that he is a hero to these mm. people um and i i love that i think that that's so clever the way that they've done that the way that they've shown that you don't necessarily have to fight in order to be a hero you just have to stand up for for uh other people and for what you believe in and mm-hmm. and that's Kaz to a T. Um, but now when push comes to shove, I, I think he is going to fight back. But but he can't do it alone. And that's what makes him a leader. Yeager might might have seniority over him and maybe he's got more experience, but he doesn't have this this kind of charisma and um, mm. almost like it's it's a lot like Luke with that sort of naivete and earnestness that people are willing to follow him because he is so good, (laughs) you know? And that's very much like Luke Skywalker in, in a new hope. It's very much like Han doesn't want to listen to him, but it's almost like this kid is so obnoxious. And so, uh, he just he's going to do the right thing. It's like I don't want to see him get hurt. I'll I'm going to protect him. And Han comes back in the end uh with some nudging from Chewie, but he comes back to save Luke because he 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 sees that that hero. And Solo has shown us that that hero was inside Han and that's what Han was like before, you know, the world kind of kind of kicked him and 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 broke him down into the cynic that we meet him that we meet in a new hope right and i mean like let's let's look at another hero within star wars uh with ray it's the same thing right i and (laughs) ahsoka and ezra these characters all share this same thread of this earnest innocent heroism but Kaz is almost like like that amped up to the degree that like he's he's not even really he's not even really fighting most of the time. Um, right. But yeah. here we see that that like he is willing to fight if that's what it comes down to. And we've seen that when he's been in, you know, behind the cockpit, behind the flight stick in a cockpit. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that they've just done such a great job of establishing that element of his character that when Kel and Isla and the, and the Chilla day, when they help him, even putting themselves at risk, uh, you know why. And in the next episode, I, I seeing that Tora is going to join him, um, and understanding why she's going to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. at the end of this episode, we got that little tiny bit of, um, of Sinara, and I think Sinara is going to rally the pirates to help save the Colossus. Oh, and, okay. And right. why did why is that happening? That's happening because Kaz welcomed her in 
and and connected her with his friends and made her a part of their sort of weird mismatched family and and that kindness is going to like this is the epitome of what rose says in the last jedi is that's how we're gonna win not by fighting what we hate but but uh protecting what we love right and and that's like that that's what's happening here it's all happening around kaz and i ju- i don't know i just think that they've done such a great job of that they it makes the whole season worthwhile that we're mm-hmm. at this point now and that this can happen i uh, so all of that all those times that i said i really hope they know what they're doing i really <laughs> hope they're building towards something here we are they've built towards it yeah. And now when when the 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 poodoo hits the fan, I the the people of the Colossus are gonna stand behind Kaz because he is a hero and he's a leader. Um and and I, I think that's so cool. I think that like this is what the resistance is about. This is what the rebellion was about. And uh, and 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 man, they got me again. They got me again. It's Star Wars. And it, you know, it took, it was a slow burn. It took a while to get here, but we're here now. Sure did. Yeah. yeah. And then let's introduce an awesome new bad guy. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. Tam is brought before agent Tierney. Contrary to the aggressive ways of Pyre and his stormtroopers, Tierney seems friendly and comforting. She asks Tam about Poe Dameron, a resistance operative, and then leaves with the confused mechanic with the, uh, so they can speak in private. So here, here's where we get. Um, this is really interesting, and there's there are so many questions about this character, about Tierney. We know that stormtroopers are essentially brainwashed, but mm-hmm. I think that we also know that like Captain Phasma is she brainwashed? I don't think so, right? Pyre and Von Reg, I don't, I don't think so. I think like if you have a rank. That you aren't necessarily right. Um, certainly, Hux is not brainwashed. He is General Hux, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that he believes in what he's doing. There's a whole backstory connected to Star Wars Rebels to support that. Um, here comes Tierney, and I think that she believes what she's saying, um, and it's so the worst possible thing for Tam right now. Oh yeah. Here comes a first order operative who is calm and rational and compassionate and thoughtful. And you can see in the preview for next week's episode already that Tam is buying what tyranny is selling. And I am 100% here for this storyline. Uh, I love tyranny. I, I love the performance. Um, uh, shoot, what's the actress actress's name? Uh, let me bring it up. I uh, but I uh, I love the design of this character. Um, so reminiscent of um, of it's kind of a combo to me, almost of like uh, uh, Sabine and um, and Iden Versio from from Battlefront. Mm, uh, yeah, right. Or it's kind of she's got the 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 twin blasters on either hip, just like Sabine. She's kind of got the mix of fabric and armor, like Sabine. But then it's that all black, and even like the hairstyle and stuff reminds me so much of Sabine. Um, or sorry, of Iden Versio. Um, I I I think that they've just done, they've done such a good job with this character, uh, Sumali Montano. Okay. is is the voice of agent tierney um and i i the, the actress is is uh, asian american uh let's see she's a she's a mix of filipino thai chinese and german Whew, that's a mix <laughs> um and i yeah. think that the character is supposed to likewise be sort of um, like a lot of the characters on resistance, they're kind of, they're kind of ambiguously 
like the ethnicities are kind of ambiguous, which I, which is something that I appreciate because it's Star Wars. So um, let's not you know say that a person is a thing because it's Star Wars. So the galaxy is a big place and people are from all over the place. But in the same way, I feel like Sabine and Ezra and Kanan kind of had slightly ambiguous ethnicities where it was like, well, if you wanted to see that Sabine and her family were Asian, then, then that's absolutely there. And I think that that's the intent, but if you don't see that, it doesn't take away from the character. Um, and, and the same with Ezra and, um, and Ezra kind of had almost a little bit of, uh, of, uh, uh, sort of Mediterranean Middle Eastern kind of mm-hmm. vibe to his design. Um, yeah. and, and then Kanan had a very like Mediterranean look to him from his skin tone to his eye color, uh, uh, which was actually, he had like almost like blue green eyes, but, um, and, and sort of his facial structure and stuff like that. Uh, and then when we get into star Wars resistance, we've got Kaz who is very clearly, um, uh, I mean, Christopher Sean is, is Asian American. So there's that influence there. Uh, but then with Tam and, and, uh, and Jarek, we get, um, sort of a different African, African American sort of vibes from those characters. Um, mm-hmm. and then Tierney comes in and rounding it out even more. Um, uh, and then obviously with, uh, with, with, uh, Tora and Captain Doza, uh, the the um, the sort of Latin American, uh, 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 Hispanic uh, sort of, again ambiguous, right? Um, sure. And and I think intentionally, like they aren't. There's not like a. It's not like a. If you were doing a show about something in in our world where it's like, well, okay, now we have to kind of, we'll, we'll attach some identities to these characters so that they relate very specifically. But I think one of the cool things about star Wars, one of the great things about genre storytelling is that, you know, it's a wide galaxy and it's not, we don't have to say that they're from this country or they're Mm -hmm. from this continent or the, you know, of this specific ethnic background, they are just diverse in in this sense on this show and i think that that's so great for fans because like we got enough white characters (laughs) white people have enough characters to relate to from the with the movies i let's i let let's let's spice it up a little bit right um and bring in some characters that people can relate to a little bit uh, that maybe other that certain people haven't been able to relate to in the past, um, and and I just I think that that's really powerful for for um, for a franchise like Star Wars, uh, and and I think that it, it it's just I think it's just representative of where we're at today, where it's like let's let's be a little bit more interesting than just you know cookie cutters of the same characters, right? And I think a lot of that comes from Dave Filoni. And his influence and what he did with Clone Wars and and yeah. and Rebels mm-hmm. and having come from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, being the show that he ran before Clone Wars, I think that they, like some of that stuff is coming in uh, from him. But then I also think that Lucasfilm is just sort of reflecting themselves. I think that when you look at Lucasfilm and the people who work there, it's a diverse group of people who work there, and mm-hmm. they're just really they're really just creating characters that they want to see on screen. Um, and I don't think that there's like an, a, a political agenda behind any of it. I think it's literally just like, there's a bit of a, an attitude now of like, why not? <laughs> right. Um, why haven't we seen, you know, uh, people who look different on, on screen. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I don't, I, I think it's great. And I think it adds so much, so much, um, yeah. diversity and so much like flavor to, to star Wars. Um, yeah. and this character being sort of like hard to pin down and having sort of like features that you're like, okay, you know, like if, like, again, like I say with tyranny, it's like, if you want to see that character in a certain way, you can, but it's almost ambiguous enough that you want to see it. If you want to interpret that character differently, um, then you can. And it, this is something I think that's really important, like for cosplayers out there that, 
Um, not not all cosplayers are white people, <laughs> yet most characters in television and, and film are white. So you get people sort of, you know, you get like, like, like say you're African-American and you want to cosplay something from the MCU and you know it's the it way back when uh, only avengers had come out well you got two characters to choose from you can either be nick fury or you can be war machine right like and that's kind of like well that kind of sucks unless <laughs> you say like okay i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to you know like sort of push in these directions and i'm going to do captain america anyways but to bring in characters that that look like different people and that other people can relate to um it it I think it has an impact on people. They see themselves on screen and then they go, cool. Like I can, I'm, I'm being recognized. The, the mirror is reflecting me. Um, which I don't know. I just, it's something that I think is important. It's something that, that, that when I was a kid, I took for granted that I look like Peter Parker. I look like Scott Summers. I look like, uh, you know the Red Ranger. I look like so many characters on screen because I'm just your default, you know, medium to slight build white guy with brown hair. You know, so it's like so I have no problem watching TV and seeing myself in all these characters. But then to hear from friends that they grew up um, with people telling them like, "Oh, you can't, you you can't be Spider Man because Spider Man's white." Right. And it's like, oh, that's that just it kills me. So, you know, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, I've i been rambling forever. Go ahead. Talk. You know, it's funny. It's it's not funny, but I, I feel the same way about this character is like the, the thing that's so refreshing to me about this particular character and her entrance was like she's not the mustache twirling. She's not, mm. uh, you know, the mean uh off the rack bad guy it's she comes in and she plays this kind of like good cop thing to tam kind of to butter tam up a little bit you know yeah um let she lets her out of her binders and she's kind of kind and welcoming you know so it's it's just a different take you know and tam's not sure she's obviously tam's a little blind and she's falling for this thing and the ulterior motive behind what what tyranny is doing but that's kind of what i like about it. it's kind of like um Somewhat the way kind of Krennic was. I remember at the beginning of the Rogue One, he he goes to see, um, he goes to see um, uh, in the beginning. Gosh, who's the main character of? See how long it's been since I've seen Rogue One. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen's character. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to see him, and uh, he's basically talking to him, trying to get him to come back. He's not over there with a blaster in his face, like, "Hey, come with us now." He's trying to reason with him a little bit. So. Yeah, I definitely like this. And and Turney comes to Tam and she's she asks about the resistance. You know, what do you know about the resistance? Tam says a few things and but here Tyranny goes, uh tells Tam how violent and dangerous they are and how even the New Republic has disavowed what what the resistance is doing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like she's like, look, even even the New Republic says the resistance is bad. So really just laying it on to Tam and really, you know, setting that hook for Tam to bite, you know. And so that's kind of the, the reasons that I, I just the character, the way she's coming off, um, really cool. And definitely has the vibe of an Ida Versio. I mean, the outfit and everything, that's the first thing that kind of hit me was oh, it's kind of like like Ida Versio. So but, yeah, great character so far. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. We are at Kel and Ilya head or lead our heroes to a hidden bunker where they find Bucket waiting. The shell folk snagged him in one of their fishing nets, Kel says, and repaired the rickety droid. Meanwhile, Tierney brings Tam to the luxurious Ace's Lounge where she reveals that Kaz is actually a new Republic pilot recruited as a spy for the resistance, Tam is in disbelief. So this is another um, major point of this particular episode, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. A different approach to the interrogation by Tyranny. She tells Tam how Kaz hails from one of the richest families on Hosnian Prime, and Tam thought he was just a uh, like a poor guy who who wants to race. You know, that's kind of what she thinks Tam is. But no, she gets this information that um, he's a new Republic pilot. He's he's a spy. And he's from Hosnian Prime, a rich family from Hosnian Prime. So the stuff you said earlier about, you know, them going, 
the destruction. Of, this is really going to, I think, be a linchpin for Kaz. But uh, Mike, what do you think? You know, here's here's Tierney basically telling Tam, hey, he's a rich kid from Hosnian Prime, not what you think. So everything that they've been telling you is a lie. So uh, any thoughts on, on that? Yeah, well, I, I just think that Tierney is clever. She's smart. And I, I, I really, really hope, I know that some people immediately want to see this character do the, the Agent Callus flip, right? Yeah, right. right. I do not. No, I don't I, want that. I I actually no. want to find out as we go through this story that she's even more evil and sinister well, yeah. at every turn, right? That like that every time we think that she's as bad as she can be, she does something new. Um and and I want to see I want to see Tam follow her down that path. I want the opposite story essentially. I want Agent Callus to corrupt somebody and bring them over to the dark side. Um, yeah, I want to see that happen. Uh, I want to because I because it's interesting to me. I want to see what the First Order does to recruit, and then if you've been recruited, what does that look like? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and and. With the ultimate goal, I'll be really clear. I don't dislike the character of Tam. I like the character of Tam. I just think this is a really interesting story to tell with that character. With the ultimate goal of Tam being redeemed at some point and coming mm-hmm. back to Team Fireball um, and to the Aces. I But they have set this up in such a great way for her to be a foil for Kaz mm-hmm. um, that it if they if they don't do that which i mean like i have full faith that that's the direction that they're going now that's why else do what they did this episode and what we've seen of the next episode uh yeah it just makes sense to me that 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 tam is going to be turned um i don't know how quick it'll be i like i'm really hoping that it lasts all of next season um before we see her switch back Mm um if not longer um but yeah, I yeah, I, I love the direction that they're going with this. I love Tyranny as a character. I love that she came in and she's different from any of the other First Order officers that we've seen so far. Um, Def- definitely differently. Yeah. Yeah, something I, new, something refreshing. Exactly. And I, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to see her do the whole turnaround thing. I think I'd, I'd kind of like you said, I'd rather see her take a – take the, the opposite approach where she just, you just see her getting more nastier and nastier as, yeah. uh, as we go on. So yeah. And then of course, bucket is back. You know, he got shot earlier in the episode and yeah. we thought, oh, man, buckets out of here, but no, they were able to save him in some fishing nets and put him back together. So he's all, he's all good. Go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Yeah. Where are we here? Yeager and Kaz discuss how they'll get a message to the resistance. The first order's communication blanket is too strong and the jammer is at the top of Doza tower. Heavily guarded and near impossible to reach. Kaz, however, has a crazy plan. They'll submerge the Colossus into the ocean so that only the tower remains above sea level. Then they can easily swim to the transmitter. Doza will have to seal the platform to protect its citizens. So this is uh, a a plan only crazy Kaz could come up with. Uh, but, But so great. I love it. Well, you, you mentioned, you know, you thought this was where they were going with this. This thing was going to be able to, to sink. And although it does, they don't necessarily know how it's going to work. I mean, they, the plan seems like it's going to work. And uh, I guess technically it's not necessarily meant to do that. But as we find out, it, it actually does do it and is able to sustain itself. So um, I, I guess you can give yourself half credit for that, Mike, for uh, – <laughs> For coming up with that one, thinking it's going to go under. So, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> while risky, they decide to proceed. Yeager and Cash shut down the main turbines, and the Colossus begins its descent. Through the platform, the ground rumbles. Doza alerts the denizens of the outpost to move inside and seal all hatches just in time. In the end, Kaz's improbable plan works, though Turney and Pyre find this development to be suspicious so like i said yeah they they don't necessarily they're kind of their fingers are crossed like geez i hope this works and it obviously does and they sink this thing all the way down to ba- basically the the tower so this mm-hmm. thing is fully uh under the water now so and then uh, you know 
age attorney, obviously, she's smart enough to know that uh, this is this is something a little fishy here. So she's catching on real quick. But anyway, go ahead, Mike. You want to continue? Yeah. Yeager, uh, Kaz, and CB23 make their move and swim to the beacon on Doza Tower, successfully de- deactivating the communications blanket. Kaz sends a distress message to the Resistance just before Pyre and his troops arrive. Once CB-23 receives a return communication, Yeager shoves Kaz into the water, allowing himself to be captured in order to save the young spy. So I, Yeager has a really great moment with Kaz right before he shoves him into the water, where he, um, and again, this, this kind of shows how far Kaz has come. Yeager initially didn't want anything to do with this, but did yeah. it as a, as a favor to Poe. And now he, as he says, uh, he says to Kaz, "I'd fight with you any any day, right?" Um, and and that that I think that's earned um, in what Kaz has done over the last couple of episodes. Um, okay. He's really he's really worked hard to protect people and to save his friends, and mm-hmm. and Yeager has also realized very quickly that um that that the first order is up to something that that it's bigger than just taking over the the colossus that the empire is back and if they don't do something about it the whole galaxy is going to pay the price um and so uh when he kind of sees this and realizes what what the stakes are and what what kaz is willing to do in order to protect the Colossus and to, and to protect the galaxy. Uh, he see, I think he sees a little bit of, uh, uh, whether it's himself or somebody else he knows from, from the rebellion, but he sees that, that rebel spirit in Kaz and, um, recognizes, you know, uh, although Kaz is inexperienced and a little bit immature, um, that, that he is a hero and, yeah. uh, and, and that Yeager is willing to, to put his life on the line here in order to protect Kaz, which so I think is really cool. I think that, that that showed such a great arc for these two characters and their relationship um, as and where we are now. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's obviously going to raise the stakes that now Kaz has to rescue Tam um, and Yeager. And, and uh, as we'll find out in the, in the description for the next episode, Doza as well. Yeah. You know, Yeager, uh, Kind of a surprise to me. I mean, he's all in here. Like I said earlier, he's all in on this, especially with the beginning of this episode and what happens. Uh, but he's dedicated, I, you know. And, and I believe uh, we found out earlier this season that um, he was actually part of the. Was he the part of the battle of um, Jakku? Correct, right? I mean, somewhat involved in yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, he knows. I think he knows. He obviously knows the stakes and what's what's important here, and uh, definitely gives himself up because this message from from the first or from the resistance. This is a important stuff I, that he thinks. I'll we'll find out in a second that there's not much to do, but he's willing to give up himself just to get this message. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Like I said, he's he's all in. So um, I'll continue. Craig and Gore's crew of pirates intercepts Kaz's transmission. And Sonara listens intently. Meanwhile, uh, CB-23 plays the resistance message sent by General Leia Organa herself. Though it pains her to say, the resistance has no ships to spare. She sends Kaz the coordinates of the closest resistance base should he find a way to escape Castellan. So a couple of things here, Mike. You mentioned Sonara. Um, I obviously zoned in on her when they showed the pirates. Uh, and I thought to myself, wow, she's really she's going to get into this somehow. But you actually think the whole all the pirates are going to get. I thought that was interesting. I, I didn't get to that vibe, but certainly, certainly possible. You think she's going to con- kind of convince the pirates to to help out the. Uh, I don't think it's going to be hard. I think that the pirates have an axe to grind against the First Order. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because they were double crossed by them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think that that Cragen, uh, definitely has a vested interest in in getting rid of the first order, um, but Sinara is going to be is going to be obviously motivated by friendship um, yeah. to do this. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. I can see her convincing them to hmm. do something about this situation. Yeah. 
I didn't know if she was going to try to sneak away or, or con- like you said, that's a, obviously another way to go and convince all the pirates to come and help. Because that de- definitely going to need the help. You know, by herself is going to be tough. So, but hey, look at this, man. The resistance message is from Leia herself, Mike. And uh, like it says here, you know, they really can't do anything because they're knee deep in stuff on their own. But she sends coordinates to their base. So I'm assuming this is Dakar. I mean, uh, yeah, it's got to be Dakar, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, uh, but we don't really know. We don't know where other resistance fighters are, are stationed. Right. So um, maybe or something. Yeah. Cause like, cause the, the, the squadron with bombers and, and like, we don't see them in, in the force awakens. Right. Um, right. like the, the bombers or the A wings or the, the cruisers. Right. So, so they're clearly somewhere. Um, and maybe they have a separate base of operations. Right. But uh, and and maybe that's where the coordinates that she's sending. It depends on how far into the Force Awakens we are. But it might be Dakar. Um, it might be it might be a different a different base. That's but, the main. Uh, one. But yeah, it could yeah. be it could be other places. I just thought to myself, like, man, this would be some crazy stuff if you know she obviously sends. Let's just say it's Dakar, and Kaz gets the coordinates, and then sometime next season he ends up, but. It, the time frame is going to be it's going to be kind of tough because they don't last on Dakar very long. I think maybe. by the time that he I uh, I gets off uh, um, Castellon, the Dakar base isn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it's kind of the way it's looking here. But uh, it just for a minute there, you're like, oh man, that it, having the two worlds kind of intersect, you know, with the saga films yeah. and. and kind of neat but uh hey uh go ahead mike you want to finish it up yeah kel and isla are dismayed that the resistance will not be coming but kaz refuses to give up first we're going to free our friends he says then i promise you we're taking back the colossus um and i love the line that he's got in here where he says we're the resistance now um Mm -hmm. and i think like that is kind of like that's uh with the last jedi and and the way that everything went like that's kind of it's kind of the vibe, right? Is that we're back at the point where we were with Star Wars Rebels, honestly, where we're going to have all of these sort of disparate cells and they're all going to come together. And the question is, by the time of Episode Nine, have they come together? Right. Yeah, I, I didn't know where this was going because I thought for a second when they talked about the other base and, and it could be Dakar, maybe he's going to jump off and, and go fight. And then... Um, a little surprising that no, he wants to take back the Colossus. So yeah. we found out what an episode or two ago that this thing is out there on reaches. This is really a, a pivotal, uh, a pivotal station uh, for refueling all that. So uh, after thinking about it like that, I'm like, okay, I can understand why he wants to take the Colossus back and kind of get get the first order out of there. But it's going to be a, a monumental task, obviously. But mm. um, yeah, it's it's setting up for uh, obviously our last uh, couple episodes, but for this episode, that kind of wraps it up for this episode. Yeah, for another solid episode. Yeah, I just wanted to note that in the mailbag here that that um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Jokem Wijma. I I don't. I'm so sorry. I don't know if that's correct. Wijma. I I don't know, but I still not sure. If Tam is going to be uh, is going to turn over to the first order, we'll see. Um, so that was kind of I I kind of asked the question on Instagram of uh, yeah. whether or not Tam was was going to turn to the turn go go with the bad guys and join the first order. So I uh, you know it's, uh, it's it's definitely out there though. Yeah, it's definitely up in the air. I, I for a minute I thought that um, before I watched this episode, I saw a lot of people commenting online about um it's kind of a people were talking some some talking great about it and yeah there's some stuff at the end and I, for a minute i thought maybe that she was going to go and fully turn and, and join but it's definitely the caesar there but it's not it's not there yet i mean she's still she's still being kind of played by a tyranny so we'll see how that yeah. kind of plays 
the last two. Episodes. I think by the I think by the last episode of the season, she'll she'll be joining the first order. But yeah. uh, speaking of the last two episodes of yeah. season one, we're gonna get the first part of this two part uh, finale next week. Uh, in No Escape Part One, Kaz and his friends devise a plan to break out Tam, Doza, and Yeager. But before they can, troopers begin bearing down, and Kaz and CB23 are soon on their own. Kaz unites with Tora to save their friends and family, but they soon bear witness to the full might of the First Order. There it is. We're going to see Starkiller Base in action, and yeah. uh, we're gonna, we are officially in Force Awakens time. Awakens. Yeah, uh, time. While all of this is happening in this episode, I... I Ray and Finn are on Jakku. They're uniting with the, with the. Actually, I guess, I guess, yeah. They're they're on Jakku. They've just left Jakku. They're on their way to Takudana, basically. Um, right, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they've they've met up with Han and Chewie. So things are going on in the galaxy, and we're gonna get to see it from a new perspective, which I'm really excited about. Um, super excited for the finale, uh, uh, in two weeks. Um, yeah. This show's really it's it's really done a bit of a 180, and I'm I'm pumped about season two. I think we're gonna we're gonna kick into high gear, and it's gonna be I think what we all expected it to not necessarily what we expected it to be, but it's gonna be a little bit more of a Star Wars Rebels vibe uh, going mm-hmm. into season two. I hope so. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a, a, a series parallel, um, a saga. Yeah the way this is going to be doing and see where see how that works out. Cause we had obviously may, uh, had, had thoughts about that with, with rebels and the, I think even the clone wars too. Um, and, and who knows that the clone wars is coming out later this year. That still could be the case. Um, cause we know, I think we have an idea of what we think is coming with the new clone Wars. So, Oh yeah. The, I think that the siege of Mandalore is meant to be taking place during revenge of the, of the Sith. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, let's wrap it yeah. up here. Uh, yeah, sure. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, on Twitter at rebelspodcast, and on Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, as well as Matt at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. And uh, you guys know we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network. Uh, And uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Uh, And second, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support. A dollar gets you access to the exclusive Thunderquack podcast as well as our our uh, Facebook group. So, uh, yeah, uh, head over there, patreon.com slash thunderquack. We appreciate everybody who does support us over there. It's uh, it's a, it, it's huge. It means the world to us. Um, and uh, uh, we'll be back next week for part one of the season finale, No Escape. Yeah.